Hi, and welcome to Pull Yourself Together with eShaver Booksellers in Savannah, Georgia. I'm Melissa Taylor. I'm Jessica Osborne. And we are the co-owners of eShavers. Um, so we have been toying with the idea of doing a podcast for a while now. Um, now seems like the perfect time because we've <laughs> got nothing but time on our hands. Um, and we really, really miss talking about books with customers. I mean, we appreciate all the, the online orders we've been getting from people and doing deliveries and everything, but it's, it's not the same as being in the store with customers and talking to people about books. So we're going to get our fix and talk to you guys about books. And see what you think and maybe give you some ideas and um, yeah, we'll do our best and uh, it's a work in progress, so bear with us. Hopefully we'll get a good formula down. We hope to have some guest booksellers, guest authors, some interviews and other people of interest uh, to talk about what they're reading and what they've written in the shop. Um, and yeah, so we'll just dive in with some ideas for you. So Jessica, what, what is your first book that you would like to talk about? Well, actually I've been listening to on Libro FM, The Splendid and the Vile by Eric Larson. Um, it's a saga of Churchill family and defiance during the Blitz. And I've, I've actually found it in an odd sort of way comforting to listen to the world in turmoil um, and realize that, you know, this is not the first time in history that humankind has been challenged. This is a little different because it's happening to everybody everywhere. Mm -hmm. And um, the other thing I've been struck by is that during the Blitz, there were still dances and dinner parties and people still interacted. And they went into shelters together and they, they spent a lot of time in community. They, they weren't isolated they weren't the way isolated. we are right now. Right. Yeah. And so... Um, so it's an interesting place and time to be reading this book. Um, I will say I've learned a few things that I may have forgotten or may have never known. <laughs> um, and uh, there's some rabbit holes that you can go down if you're interested in finding out more about the history of, say, Rudolf Hess. Fascinating. Um, and it's just a, it's a good story. It's told from actual events, it's nonfiction, um, but it's also told from different points of view, from diaries and letters and second and third hand, uh, hand accounts of people who were there. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's, it's a little gossipy. You get into the lives of Clementine. You hear about Churchill in his bath. Oh, come on. You. We all love a little gossipy. I know. Well, I mean, delicious. you know, and just the <laughs> mental picture of Churchill marching around in his dragon pajamas. Yes, please. It makes me happy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they also, they do excerpts of his speeches and his radio shows, um, which are really quite um, refreshing and uh, good to listen to right now when we're all kind of going through this weirdness separate but together yeah um so anyway i highly recommend it um eric larson does a great job with this kind of nonfiction. uh very good history taking it down to a small piece of what was going on during the war and it also tells it from the german side which is interesting as well mm -hmm. so yeah definitely give it a look i will say the one thing i love about like especially history books is like you were saying the rabbit hole thing like you'll be reading something and something will catch your 
attention and then just going and finding more information about that, whether it's another book or whatever. Like I will say that that's usually when I read a nonfiction book, I end up reading three others after it because it's all about things that I've read in that one that I'm interested in. Oh, the biography of Rudolf Hess? Definitely next on my list. <laughs> Must read! Yes, I've got a, there, there's a couple out there. Um, yeah, it, it's just, um, there are a lot of rabbit holes you can go down in this book. Very and good. there's a really good interview with Eric Larson on uh, NPR. If you want to know a little more about the book, then I can tell you right now. Does he talk at all about what his research process is like? He does. He does talk a little bit about his research process and just a lot of the, you know, things are now starting to come to light, which we didn't know about because archives are being opened, people have died. So there's just more information. Well, because honestly, when this book was coming out, and I was like, oh, a book about Churchill and the Blitz, what hasn't been said about that <laughs> period in time already? But there's always constantly new things, or there wouldn't be all of these new books. So No, it's true, and it's still just a fascinating part of history um, that I guess a younger generation is learning about now. You know, I grew up with grandparents who all fought in World War II, so right. World War II was talked about in my house all the time. Um, and all of my grandparents, grandfathers, uh, I had three through the miracles of divorce. Um, <laughs> they all flew in the European theater. Oh, wow. And so, so I know the aircraft they're talking about. Um, and I kind of know from their experiences, although they didn't talk about them very much. So that, that makes this even more fascinating for me. Yeah. Um, so I have been trying to just go kind of totally escapist with what I've been reading. I tried to start reading The Grapes of Wrath for a book club that we're supposed to be having. I didn't even try. I, I couldn't wrap my head around it. So I just went completely the opposite direction and I've been reading a bunch of sci-fi, um, so I had initially picked Sleeping Giants by Sylvan Newville to, uh, be last month's science fiction book club pick and of course the the book club got canceled but it did make me read this book and I will say um I started reading this book and I came into work the next day and immediately bought the other two in the series which tells you how good it is um it's a trilogy it is told in um transcripts of conversations news clips, journal entries. It's reminiscent of the way World War Z by Max Brooks is written, if anybody has read that. Um, so it moves very, very quickly. Um, basically, the the premise is, in the first one, we find a giant metal robot that's been split up into pieces, and it is hidden kind of all over the, the world. And then it goes from there. And I will tell you, like, it, it just hold on to the edge of your seat because it, it's a good ride. Well, now, who's your favorite character in that book and why? Oh, geez. Um, <laughs> it's, okay, so in the, the first one, the guy who's doing the most of the interviews with people who doesn't have a name, you never find out this guy's name. You eventually get to know a little bit more about him as you go along. But he's very proper, and he's very much the guy in government who works behind the curtain. And he doesn't speak in contractions. And it's really strange to read the difference between his speech patterns and everyone else he's talking to. So he's just fascinating to me. So I like him. 
Interesting. Well, for my next pick, Melissa and I both read this book, and we both loved it, and pretty much everyone in the shop loved this book. And if you were looking for escapism, I would highly recommend Daisy Jones and the Six by Taylor Jenkins Reid. It's so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's sort of Fleetwood Mac meets VH1's Behind the Music and Piles of Cocaine and Almost Famous. Yes, with some drunken swimming, some near-death experiences. Um, everybody kind of comes out okay in the end, but I'm not going to give that away. There's a great twist at the end. Um, again, this one's told all in like interviews with the band, so it's really, really interesting. It's like watching a documentary. Um, the only complaint with this book is that it doesn't come with a soundtrack. Although I'm going to put out there that I also listened to this book on Libro FM. And I, it was wonderful to listen to because you heard the different voices, different actors played him. Um, I really enjoyed that. They did have some music at the end of that, but it was not the music that I heard in my head. Okay. So. Well, it is also being made into a Hulu series. Um, Reese Witherspoon's production company bought the rights to this. Like, I actually think they bought the rights to it before the book even came out in hardcover. And so they're planning a Hulu miniseries, so we'll probably get to hear the music, and ideally it'll be a better quality. <laughs> I hope so. So who's going to play Daisy, do you know? They have casted her. It is not an actress that I was familiar with, but looking at the picture of her, it it's good. I think it'll be forward to seeing it. And that is something to look forward to in these dark times. I'm going to jump into another book because it's also being made into a miniseries. On Hulu as well. On Hulu as well. <laughs> Normal People by Sally Rooney. If you like kind of an odd love story, then this is the book for you. It's, it's more realistic about how we fall in love, how our lives work, how our relationships work over time. So it's not a boy meets girl, they fall in love, they get married, and that's the end of the book. It's not a boy meets girl, they fall in love, they live together, that's the end of the book. <laughs> it's more boy meets girl, and they live their lives, and they begin to understand and know each other and love each other over time. It's a very satisfying story, and I, I just... I loved the voice, which it was told in, um, and it's also very Irish. Okay, so I'm going to go more sci-fi. Um, so there is a series called the Lady Astronaut series by Mary Robinette Cowell. Uh, the first one is The Calculating Stars. Um, I actually just finished reading the third one in the series called The Relentless Moon, which comes out this summer. Um, I read it as an advanced reader. Um, the premise of this series is um, early days in the space program, a extinction-level meteor hits the Earth um, and destroys basically the whole East Coast of the United States, moving the capital to uh, Kansas at this point. Um, and because the environment of the Earth is changing, they realize that they need to get off the planet. So the space program is where all the money goes. Uh, so you're getting these um, great advances in space travel that... It, so it's an alternate history. Um, and they're basically, they're trying to get off the planet and colonize the moon and Mars. Um, and 
it's told from the perspective of a female World War II pilot who it then is fighting to become an astronaut and be an astronaut in the space program. Interesting. It is actually really interesting, and what I love about it is in the back where she has her author's notes, each chapter starts with a headline and a little snippet from like a news story. And so the headlines are all historically correct. Like mm -hmm. those are all real headlines from the, this particular time period. Then what she does with them in the news articles is different. Um, and she really is into getting the science right in all of this. And so um, it's a really, really good escapist, satisfying series. Um, and it's nice to see humans working together to solve a, a problem. So that's a, a little heartwarming, which we can use that right now. Well, that's kind of a perfect lead-in to a book that I read actually before it came out. It's just recently come out. It's called A Paragon, and it's by Cullen McCain, who wrote Let the Great World Spin. Um, he is an excellent writer, and his, his prose is just beautiful. It's a paragon means infinite and boundless. It almost is a circle, but not quite. And this book is the same thing. It uses headlines and real history that's currently happening or has happened in the past five to ten years in the Israeli and Palestinian conflict. It's told from the point of view of an Israeli and a Palestinian. And they... Um, their friendship, which is unusual, and the group that they join because they have both lost children in senseless violence. And it really tries hard, he really tries hard, to tell the story from both points of view um, with the understanding that there's not necessarily an answer mm -hmm. to this problem, um, that it's been going on forever. And the question he asks is, what makes somebody commit this senseless violence? What makes somebody blow themselves up next to a 13-year-old girl? What makes somebody randomly shoot a bullet out of the back of a truck? Mm. And how do we deal with this in our lives when it happens? Do we get angry? Do we try for the same kind of revenge? Or, as they do, do we join a group of people who have all suffered under this same hostility and are trying to find a peaceful, non-aggressive way to an answer that will work for everyone. So is the group sort of like a like a grief group, or is it like an activism group? Or? It's an activism group, but active in the way that Martin Luther King mm -hmm. is active, was active. So they're a uh, non-aggression okay. group. It's against the law, really, for them to meet. But they meet, and they are Christians, Palestinians, Israelis, Arabs, um, and they get together to try to talk about their grief and their feelings and how to solve these problems. Wow. It's, 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 it's beautiful. It starts, it's in a non-traditional format. The chapters are, some of them as short as a sentence mm -hmm. or a word, and some of them three to four pages long. The events are fictionalized, but just barely. Okay. And um, it's... I don't know if it's escapism, but it's it's a, a way to look at people trying to work together to solve a problem in our world, um, in our current world. And it, it explained a lot to me that I didn't understand about the difference between living in the West Bank and living in Israel and 
Yeah, because I have to admit, for hearing, I mean, growing up and hearing news stories about violence coming out of the Middle East is just kind of commonplace, and I don't really understand well, a this, lot of the history and a, a lot of what's going on there. This really brings it all into it, and it, it really talks about what being in prison there is like, mm -hmm. the relationships between prisoners and guards, um, what it's like to be surveilled all the time, what it's yeah. like to have your water turned off, what it's like for Israelis who don't drive through and are not allowed to drive on the same highways as the Palestinians are, mm -hmm. how long it takes to get someone to the hospital just because of all the blockades. Oh, geez. Um, it's, it really opened my eyes to a lot of what was going on there. And it is a novel, but it does, it did, and it does make me investigate further um, into what I'm reading mm -hmm. to look up and kind of see what's really going on. And it just gives it a face and a voice that um, you don't always get when you're just reading the news. Sure. All right. So... <clears throat> In the um, vein of things that I've read that are not out yet, this is sort of a little bit different. Um, this was actually recommended to me by one of our Penguin Random House sales reps, um, and she she has a good track record for, for picking books that I'll enjoy. She knows that I like things that are, are sometimes a little strange. Um, this one is J. Courtney Sullivan's new novel. It's called Friends and Strangers. So if you have read Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed, which if you haven't, highly recommend that as well, um, this would be a good next book to read if you enjoyed that one. Um, it is a story about an unlikely friendship between a woman and her nanny. Um, the nanny in this one is a college student who has a working class background um, she's going to a super expensive, elite, private girls' college. Um, so she is the girl that works in the kitchen because she's on a work-study program and becomes friends with all the um, Latino woman, women in the kitchen that she's uh, working with. And she's kind of straddling two worlds because her roommates are incredibly wealthy and travel all over the world. And so she's trying to find her place and all of that. And then she gets this job nannying for this couple who are um, seemingly affluent, um, but there's a little more going on there. Um, and the one, the mother is a writer, and so she is trying to write her next book. She had been a journalist and has written several New York Times bestselling um, nonfiction books, and so she's trying to get some time to write. And they they become friends-ish in a sort of a weird way. Like the, the mother becomes a little obsessed with being friends with the babysitter and the babysitter sort of becomes a little obsessed with this family and how, how good they have it. Um, there's, there's a lot of class issues in it. It um, seems like it might not end well. Um, it, it doesn't end badly. Um, it ends satisfying. Finally, I think I think okay. it ends the way that it has to end, um, and it I just it's a really interesting look at female friendships and female relationships, especially when there's a sort of a different power dynamic. Yeah, uh, that would be a hard one to maintain over time, I would imagine. Yeah, well, I mean, there's the age difference, there's the boss employee, uh, there's there's a lot going on in this relationship. 
I think it's possible that we've all kind of been there, though, at one point or another oh, on yeah. either end of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. Um, that sounds great. It is. It's really, it, it's really good. I've not read any of her previous books, um, but uh, I use Goodreads to track everything I read because, you know, two weeks after reading it, I can't remember what I read. Um, but looking at the reviews of this book, lots of people um, were talking about... Um, other books that she's written and so I think I might go back and check out some of her other titles too. It sounds really good. It's on my list, my huge list of things. <laughs> ever, ever, ever growing. growing list of things that I want to read. Um, yeah, so I'm going to talk about a book that is not out yet. It comes out in June, on June 9th, and it's by Kate Russo. You may recognize the last name. Her father may be a famous writer. Um, could it be Richard Russo? Oh, I think it might be. <laughs> and um, so this is her debut novel, and one of my Penguin rep gave it to me to read, thinking I would like it. And at first I thought, oh, I'll go home and read this in a day because it's about an Airbnb super host, and I thought it would be a lot of fun. But it turns out that there's much more to it than that. Um, I don't know if you've ever stayed in Airbnb, if you have an Airbnb, it's an interesting story about an artist who was famous at one point, Bennett Driscoll, and he lives in London, and he is recently divorced, and um, he's going through a time. His art had been all that, highly collectible, and then he fell out of fashion, and he wasn't willing to change, and his wife had a taste for sort of the finer things in life, so she ultimately left him for an American, and all of this comes out right at the beginning of the book. So, so no not, spoilers. No spoilers <laughs> with this. Um, so he can no longer avoid, um, not avoid, he can no longer avoid himself. <laughs> he can also, I think we all know that feeling these days. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, but he can't afford his house anymore, but he doesn't want to get rid of it. Um, it's his only way of making some money. So he lets it out as an Airbnb. And then he becomes a little obsessed becomes, because he becomes a super host. So we meet him when he is, um, when he's scrubbing his sheets to make them as white as possible. Oh, and he's basically <laughs> living in a potting shed behind the house. And he starts kind of watching, not in a creepy way, his guests. And, um, and then it goes into the story of the guests, which is interesting because the story of the guests are little sort of short stories within the book, and you get very attached to them, just like you do if you're renting an Airbnb for a while, and then they leave, and you don't hear anything else about them, and you're like, well, what happened to her? Um, so that intrigued me about the, the structure of the novel. And then it's basically Bennett just finding himself again, figuring out how to live his new life, um, how to be fulfilled, how to be a decent human to other people, and um, it's, I wouldn't call it a feel-good novel. It has a fair amount of depth, but it, it does kind of, if you're a 40 to 50-something person, <laughs> it's, it's interesting to see how other people are working through this time in their lives. Mm -hmm. So I really enjoyed it, and I would highly recommend it. The writing is, um, the writing is very engaging, and it's also... Um, it has some real depth to it. So, Superhost by Kate Russo. I will say the one thing I find fascinating staying in Airbnbs is just kind of walking around and looking at the photos that people have on the wall or, like, they'll have photo albums that are, you know, like, I just like looking at 
the stuff of the person who's like lending like lending out their house and just kind of wondering like it's it's interesting to me to like I can see if you have like a guest house or something renting that out but it's just I always find it weird like renting out your actual house to people that you don't know yeah, I um I only once or twice have stayed in one that's somebody's actual house where they live there most of the time and it was it was extremely awkward because they were kind of leaving as we were coming in mm -hmm. and explaining to us that that was their son's room and this and how things worked and I I felt I felt almost guilty but I knew that they were renting it for a purpose and so um yeah, it's a, the Airbnb is a strange phenomenon. It is. Yeah. All right, so on that happy note, uh, yeah. Um, so totally changing gears, I'm going to talk about some kids' books that um, I've been reading, um, specifically middle grade books, um, because I am the children's buyer for the store, so I like to stay up on what's coming out in kids' books. But I also just really enjoy middle grade books. To be honest with you, I just think they're a lot of fun. So the first one is Winterborn Home for Vengeance and Valor um, by <laughs> Allie Carter. And the blurb on the front of this book says, a fast-paced thrill ride of a book, it's Batman meets Annie. And that's probably the best um, explanation for this book that uh, I, I, I've heard. So um, we meet our first main character, April. Um, she's at a museum, and she accidentally starts a fire. And then... She comes to on the sidewalk where someone has rescued her, and she doesn't know exactly what's happened. Can I raise my hand? Yes, absolutely. How do you accidentally start a fire? You might have knocked over a candle. Okay. And then things happened. Um, well, that just might have been poor planning on the museum's part. That's what I'm saying. Um, I mean, she did break into the museum at oh. night. Okay, gotcha. So, um, she is then asked to come to this special school uh, for orphans, mm -hmm. um, and shenanigans ensue. There are three other fantastic characters in this book um, that are her fellow orphans in this special school. There's a mystery, there's a man who's been presumed dead for many years and if he doesn't um if he doesn't come back his inheritance is going to go to someone else in the family there's a lot going on it's it's caper for kids super fun i i flew through this book in like a day i mean it just it it was just a good fun time so. sounds like something i should read oh absolutely well, I I am not the children's buyer, but I do have a love of children's literature and um, spent a lot of time reading my kids. So some of my choices may be more classics um, or dated, whichever one <laughs> way you want to say it. But, potato, um, potato. <laughs> but um, there are a few of my favorite books that I thought I'd bring up, especially at this time when we're home and maybe we're reading aloud to kids or we have beginning readers. Um the New York Review of Books has a children's series, and it's Jenny and the Cat Club, written and illustrated by Esther Averill. And as a child, this was one of my favorite series in the world, and I read it to my children, and it 
held up. It is about a little cat who's an orphan named Jenny Linsky, and she's adopted by a nice man, Captain Tinker, and she's very shy, and he knits her a red scarf so she'll feel better about herself. And she goes out into the yard and plays with all the other cats, and all kinds of adventures ensue. Uh, there's Pickles the Fire Cat. Um, okay, so I wasn't familiar with this series. Like, I knew Pickles the Fire Cat from, a like, a separate, like, I can read sort of book mm -hmm. when I was a kid, but I had never seen this series before working at the this bookstore, so... Um, it is one of my all-time favorites. There are all kinds of adventures. All the cats work together. It's where Pickles the Fire Cat from the I Can Read books originated. Mm -hmm. And um, it's really a perfect... There he is now. Yeah, there's Pickles <laughs> right there. Sorry, we're looking at the pictures as we go along. Um, but it's great for a beginning reader because the text on the page is large and not too daunting. Um, and there are pictures in between. And... The stories are sweet, and it's all about kindness and working together and sharing and friendships. And um, I think that it's just kind of the perfect book for right now. And I highly recommend There are three or four books in the series, and they're just wonderful. Each one of them has a Jenny Goes to Sea. Jenny has an adventure just with pickles. Mm. And it's, it's great. I will say on a personal note, I enjoy that the captain knit the scarf for Jenny because... You don't traditionally see men knitting, but historically it was actually men who were knitters because they uh, were making nets for, for fishing. So Well, and it makes perfect sense because yeah. he was a sea captain. Yeah, I like so that. So <laughs> it's very good. All right. So the last book that I'm going to talk about today is actually the one that I'm in the middle of reading right now. It's called Premeditated Myrtle. Uh, it's by Elizabeth C. Bunce. Um, so Jessica and I go to a conference every year called Winter Institute that's put on by the American Booksellers Association, and it's super fun, and it is um, a chance for a bunch of booksellers to come together and learn um, all kinds of things about the world of bookselling. There's just a lot going on there. It's one of the, the best perks of being a bookseller. Oh, it's amazing. It's um, as an independent bookseller, yeah. it means, you know, we're independent. And so <laughs> we don't have that corporate structure where there's this way of doing things or that way of doing things. So to be able to meet with other booksellers and kind of hear their ideas and see how they run things and Oh, gosh, and to hear the authors. and Yeah. And, and Yeah, it's just wonderful. So one of my favorite parts of it, and I know that people get tired of people talking at them the whole time and pitching books, um, but I actually really like, they have this publisher speed dating thing. You sit at a table and you get um, publicists from a bunch of different publishers come around and move from table to table every 15 minutes, and they just pitch you books that are coming out from their new um, catalog. So this was one of the ones that was pitched to me at Winter Inn. So this is a mystery. It's the first one in a series. It's a middle grade, um, almost Agatha Christie-esque mystery series. Um, so there's a little girl, Myrtle Hardcastle. She is um, the daughter of a prosecuting attorney in um, England. And she's got a governess who um, 
is really like her right-hand man. Like, she, Myrtle is very precocious. Myrtle likes to investigate things. She, um, she just gets into all kinds of trouble. But her governess teaches her by the Socratic method and likes to ask her questions and, and really indulges her in her curiosity. Um, so... Dr. Watson. Yes, she's she's the Watson to uh, Myrtle Sherlock Holmes. Um, so in this one, the kind of cranky neighbor um, has passed away. Myrtle believes she's been murdered and um, will not let the case rest until she figures out what has happened. Um, it's a lot of fun and just she's just adorable like i i really love myrtle she's so sort of a not a modern day nancy drew but she's a yeah victorian in, england nancy, nancy drew, drew. <laughs> um, but yeah just she's fabulous um and i i think that this is a series that kids will really enjoy and i think kids will really enjoy that she's taken seriously by her governess who when other adults tell her that she's being silly, she she has this woman in her life that's like, no, Myrtle, you tell me more about that. Everyone should have an adult like that yeah, in their life. I it's important. It is important. I like that. Well, the last one I'm going to talk about is a book that has been one of my favorites for years, and it's for adults and children, although it's a picture book. It's called Zen Shorts by John J. Muth. It's published by Scholastic, um, and it is about Addie and Michael and Carl and a panda bear named Stillwater. And Stillwater is sort of a Zen master, and he um, kind of, each child has their own personality, and the panda moves in near them, like pandas will do. Well, sure. <laughs> and they all go to visit him at different times. And he addresses each one's sort of problem that they have right now and sort of maybe a small flaw in the way they're thinking of their personality. And he does this by telling them a story. And they're just, they're great stories, which I have used for years, both with adults and children. There's one about forgiveness. There's one about a thief in the night. And if somebody needs to come steal from you, then maybe you should just give them what you have. Um, it's, it's just a heartwarming book, but it's also, there's a lot to it. And the illustrations are absolutely beautiful. It is a beautiful book. It's a beautiful book, and I highly recommend it. Um, there's something in it for the person who's reading it and the person who... That is all that we have for you this time. Um, hopefully some of these sounded interesting to you. Um, the books that we talked about that are not out yet, you can always pre-order on our website. Um... The other ones we have in stock and are happy to... Oh, you know, any way we can get them to you. Yes. <laughs> so um, we'll, we'll toss them in your car as you drive by. We will put them at the end of a broomstick and put them on your front porch. Yes. We'll, we'll tie one to one of the cats and send them out on a mission. Uh, maybe not that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that that would do anyone any good. Probably but um, But we'll definitely get them to you free. Thank you all for listening, and we will probably um, do this again in the not-too-distant future. Our goal was once every two weeks, but we're a little bored right now and need people to talk to, so it may be next week. It's true. <laughs> and, and we'll get... Um, uh, Melissa's already great, but I'm a little stiff. <laughs> well, so. I mean, that's how we are in normal life. Jeez. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. And on that note, well, read books. Yes. 
take care of yourselves.